Hello, welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show. We're here to talk WrestleMania, Anthony. The results, the reactions, all of it. All of it. We're going to talk okay. about it. Let's talk about it. So I'll, I'll jump straight in. Have a quick call. Okay. Tag team title match. Usos versus Shinsuke and Bergs. I'm not going to talk a lot on this. I'm not even going to give this match much shit because I think when we're talking about results and reactions, my reaction was, oh, God. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's fair to... I don't think they got to have the length of match they wanted. Boogs' leg just wasn't having it. And um, it's a shit situation to land in. But do you know what? It was actually a, a solid opener up until the situation. I think they were working rather well together. I haven't seen a, a great deal of Rick Boogs in the ring, but he, he's, you know, he was looking good. And I feel like... I'm glad they got to have the opener match. It was a... For you and me, I think we said at the time, and I'm going to be completely honest, like... It was a weird one to have open in the show. Yeah. Seems like this year they kind of, I don't know, they kind of veered away from the formula a little bit. Like, we expected it to be one of the women's matches. The, um, I think they went for the Barney Stinson approach. Like, it shouldn't be like, it, it needs to be all rise, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, yeah, like, the, they kind of did that. It just kind of escalated and escalated, didn't it? I mean, maybe it's a little bit less on, yeah. a little bit less on night two where they kind of put a couple of matches in as almost... Not fillers, but kind of to, you know, after, yeah, yeah, you know. But, yeah, certainly this one we were just kind of like... But I suppose when you look at both nights together, the configuration was a bit odd because, like, for me, like, there was more surprises in night one, obviously, yeah. um, than there was in night two. Night two had a lot of shit going on into it of its own, like, but there were definitely more surprises in night one. Yeah, agreed. But I think... Um... Sticking, sticking with the, the opener, though, Carl, I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought it, it it didn't quite deliver, but for obvious reasons. Yeah, agreed. I don't I don't even think that the plan was ever to put the titles on Shinsuke and Boogs. I think no, no. some people are kind of saying, oh, well, they called an audible or whatever after the injury, but no, nah, I think it was always going to be the Usos um, retaining. The, the audible, the audible was, did you fucking see what happened to his leg? <laughs> the audible was, oh, God! Um... <laughs> But yeah, obviously, are they supposed to bend that way? <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say obviously we you know we just spoke about it on the ringside report then, but obviously you know speedy recovery to Rick Boogs was like he's going to miss six to twelve months of action off the back of it, so nasty one. Um, but yeah, in terms of the opener, solid match, but yeah, I think you know circumstances being what they were, um, yeah, probably ended a bit quicker than intended. Indeed. Um, which takes us on to the second match. We had Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss. Um, it wasn't a bad match, to be fair. I think it's, I mean, it's underwhelming, isn't it? Let's be honest. This is Drew McIntyre, who was winning the title from Brock Lesnar two years ago, defending the title against Bobby Lashley last year, and now is in the second match on the card against Happy Corbin. Um, I think we're both super glad that uh, we weren't live streaming this Mania this year because we totally got it wrong on the, um, the protected finish of Corbin's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was um, <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. The spinny one. The spinny one. We had the deep six, and then what's the other one? That's, I think the, it's, it's the deep six, the spinny one. Might be the spinny one. Yeah, so I think the, obviously... The end of days. End of days. So we had, um, yeah, when, when Corbin hit the deep six, we were like, oh my God, you kicked out of that. No one's ever kicked out of that. Why aren't commentary making a bigger yeah, deal out of no it? No one gave a shit, and we're like... <laughs> we were like questioning ourselves and literally five minutes later um you hit the the other one the end of days the end of days um and the, the the commentary team were like 
no one's ever kicked out of that before. And we were like, oh, that, that was the one. Um, but yeah, I mean, fair play, Drew McIntyre, the first one to kick out of it. So obviously the most protected finisher of all time up until that, yeah, point, yeah. that point. So, yeah. you know, I suppose, yay, he gets that. Um, but yeah, I got a feel for Drew. And then I actually really hated the post-match stuff where... I fucking, I, it wound me up for the next two matches for obvious reasons, Carl. <laughs> but like, so yeah, I did. It just... It went on way too long. So Madcap Moss has just stood on the apron, like they're looking at each other, and like he's waiting to give Drew the signal to do something. I don't know what was happening. Maybe the the ring guys were doing something the other side off camera that we couldn't see, and it was taking too long. But they were just stood there for what felt like an eternity. For then Drew to basically cut the ropes um, with what happened. Madcap was saying to him, "Get your sword out," and he was like, "The fuck!" <laughs> and then he realised, yeah, um, yeah, uh, we. Do you want do you want to talk about the the look after the aftermath of that of the aftermath? Look, I'm a I'm a fan of Drew, right? Not so much with the swords, right? But this hokey fucking cut through the ropes thing is bad enough. I'm like, yeah, we get it. You swords can cut through things. That's that's literally what they're built to do. But okay, um, so he cut the top two ropes. I think it was meant to be three, but it didn't hit the third. But in any case, I'm not I'm not too bothered about the spot, other than the fact that it was a bit hokey and a bit shit. But that one little hokey, stupid spot that they could have done without because the match was still decent ruined the next two matches for me because all I could see, all I could fucking see, Carl, was wonky fucking ropes. Because whoever put the ropes back didn't give a shit about symmetry. He really didn't. <laughs> they were, I've never ever seen the ropes look like that before. I don't know what was wrong, but it was it was out of whack, wasn't it? Something had gone terribly wrong. Zero shit given. Like, Indeed. It was not the squared circle anymore. <laughs> it was more like, like a trapezoid. <laughs> that it was. Um, still better than the than the impact six sided ring. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so obviously Drew McIntyre gets the win, which is a surprise to nobody. However, uh, yeah, the correct results. The correct results. Indeed. So now I want Carl, and you know what? I thought I'd be giving this shit. I really did. Uh, the Mysterios versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Well, exactly. Okay, right. Hear me out here, Carl. Logan Paul has bags of potential. He's naturally unlikable, right? For years of cultivating that heel image, apparently it was all for this, right? He's just got that natural sort of arrogance about him, right? Kind of like The Miz, funnily enough. It's an interesting pairing. And everything he was doing, like, don't be wrong, he wasn't perfect. This is like a first match. Instagram totally disagreed with me on this, right? You put the question <laughs> out there after I said this to you. This was a better first ever match than Bad Bunny's. People always talk about Bad Bunny, and it, Bad Bunny's really good in the ring. Obviously, a massive wrestling fan, and he's done nothing but get better. But when you look at his very first match versus Logan Paul's very first match, Logan Paul was very impressive in this first time in the ring. I agree. Even just little psychological nods we were getting as well. Like he did, he didn't just do a frog splash. He did it better than Dominic. That's just salt in the fucking words. <laughs> right. But he also did the, the little Eddie Guerrero uh, shoulder thing, you know, just before he did it, he, like just proper like heel asshole moves that and to me it was like he was well aware of his ring psychology as well in some senses you know yeah he wasn't perfect by any means but he did some impressive shit he, you know he got the kip up in there he jumped over the ropes like it was fucking nothing got the frog splash in i was super impressed with logan paul in this and honestly if they if he made a transition into wrestling he wouldn't be the fucking worst wrestler 
I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he had a he had a fantastic showing, and I think you know similar to the Bad Bunny one, which was also a kind of tag match with one guy and you know, uh, well, one guy who can't wrestle and three other wrestlers. Like this was probably very similar. It was um, one guy. Um, who can't wrestle, and three other rest, uh, and, and three other guys who could, and obviously Dominic Mysterio being the guy who couldn't wrestle, um, <laughs> probably uh, <laughs> is the reason. <laughs> is the reason that people preferred Bad Bunny, but no, I think um, Logan Paul was really, really good. I think everything you said there, like the little subtleties with the Eddie Guerrero taunt and stuff like that, um, he did some really awesome stuff. To be fair, but um, I found something out that well it could all be a load of, load of crap but obviously after the match which um Miz and Logan Paul won which is the right outcome as well in my opinion um so after the match the Miz turned on Logan Paul mm. but i read somewhere that it was in the contract that Logan Paul wanted to come out of it looking like the face and i was like well, that fucking failed because if anything, that made that turned the Miz face for, for most people because everyone loved the fact that Logan Paul got fucking demolished. I appreciate afterwards. where he's coming from, and it's classic wrestling stuff. And it being betrayed by your tag partner would make you the face in that story. But maybe don't come out with a six million dollar Pokemon card around your neck if you want to win the crowd over, because mm. that's not like every man kind of shit, you know. <laughs> But there is that. There's also the fact he's just, you know, a very unlikable dude for the most part. But, um, <laughs> Honestly, it's like, even that, it's like, I don't know much about Logan Paul. I'm an old man, you know. I, I don't know who these youngins are, right? But, no, kidding aside, he's matured a, a ton. He's significantly less obnoxious than he was back in the day. And we've I mean, all been obnoxious teams. I'm not going to call him on that one. I fucking was one. He is and probably always has been a million percent more likable than his idiotic brother. Um, I think... Make the right move pulling his brother into the YouTube stuff because by osmosis, no, osmosis, that's not true. By comparison, you go, no, Logan's all right. Yeah, exactly. Actually, um, yeah, no, fair play. Uh, fantastic debut for Logan Paul, I think. And who knows, if if he decides to step in there again, he might be able to make something of it. Uh, he's, he's done he's done so well that if he decides to step in there again, it's a match I would actually look forward to. Yeah. And it went from being a match of like, oh, there's another celebrity match that's going to be a bit shit, to being something I really enjoyed to watch, and I would watch another of his matches, no problem at all. Indeed, and obviously it must attract a significant, uh, you know, portion of younger fans uh, to watching it as well, because obviously we just don't even get him. So imagine the ones that do. Imagine the ones who like him. What is a Pokemon? <laughs> um, great question. I thought it was his finishing move. Is that, is that right? <laughs> um, the Pikachu. That's a shit joke, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, on to the next one. We had the Raw Women's title on the line. Becky Lynch defending against Bianca Belair. Um, And genuinely, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think... I'm I'm going to have a very unpopular opinion here, Anthony. Right? I said this to you at the time. I don't understand why they had to start off the match with the two-minute long soaking in of the fans and everyone cheering for them and stuff like that, right? I don't get it. Do we have to have this before every woman's match now? Because yeah. in, my, in my eyes... No, the, don't have to have it for Ronda's ones. <laughs> well, in my eyes, like the women's matches like should be equal now. And I know, obviously, when it was Bianca and Sasha, it was the first time two black women had ever main evented. And you know that in itself was a monumental occasion. So you kind of understood it for that. And it was, but this wasn't the main event. Oh, this wasn't. Then. 
Well, yeah, and it's some of the issue that yeah. they were genuinely emotional about it. Now I think they just do the, go through the motions. Exactly, and it's like I don't know. I just don't feel it's neat. If anything, it cheapened it for me because they didn't need it. They they built up the story. They had enough going about them to have people invested. It just didn't need that extra, you know, bit. Um, and it kind of it dampened what was a fantastic start to a match. I think this may have actually had the best start I, to uh, a match we've ever had. I uh, I, uh, I totally agree. I think this is on the borderline now of almost being patronising to women's matches. <clears throat> I get it, like you say. The, initially, it's like. That was a, you know, the women's evolution was a big thing, what they achieved is a big thing. But they've got to the point now that it should be a normal thing for women to have incredible matches on main cards, right? So the fact that it's like, ah, oh, look, aren't they doing well? Let's, let's just take a moment to appreciate where women have come. It just feels like a patronising fucking asshole booking, doesn't it, at exactly. that point? Exactly. Um, it just didn't need it, but a fantastic start to the match as well. Like, um, I, there was a couple of times where I was like, oh my, like, is that it? Is like is, is Becky gonna win again? Like surely not, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Well, I want to um, shout out to Bianca's entrance as well. I thought that was like um, particularly. It, it, I don't know. It just made it look like a star. I love the the inclusion of the band. Anyway, I think it was a good. Uh, it, you always get the sort of spectacles of entrances at Mania, but made it look like the fucking star out of the two of them, which um, is uh, like don't be wrong. Becky rocked up with in her Escalator, wherever she was driving. But um, Bianca just sort of outdone her on the entrance, and straight away you're like, "Look at her! She looks like a megastar compared to her." Yeah, which is, uh, was clearly the aim. So mm-hmm. I'm not like trying to diss Becky when I say that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, fair play to to Bianca as well for taking that fucking absolute shiner in the face from the um, mm-hmm. the flippy thing that kind of <laughs> yeah didn't go yeah, to plan. Clock straight in the face on it. To be fair, yeah. But, uh, and. I, again, I'm not. We're not trying to talk shit, but I'll mention it because it's something you. I fear you mentioned, sort of, when we were watching the match that didn't happen, and I was quite pleased it didn't. And that was that Bianca soaked in the victory, and we didn't have Montez coming <clears> to be like, "Look at my woman." Exactly. Because again, that's another slightly patronising thing I always find is like, "Look what she achieved." Is the no? I'm not going to say. It. I was going to say it's like the Will Smith. You know when Will Smith's like, "Look," and you're like, "Yeah," but now we're all looking at you, Will. Yeah, you've you've done the opposite of what you were trying to achieve here, but um, it's not worth mentioning Will Smith right now because he goes out <laughs> This is true, um, but no, it's it's another classic example. You don't get like um, you know men winning matches and then the you know female partners running down the ring and making it all about them, do they? So um, <laughs> how often do you see Stephanie come up going, "Look how well Triple H did"? <laughs> exactly, and oh. if anyone was going to do it, it would be Stephanie. So. Um, <laughs> She's all grown up now. <laughs> but I think... I think uh, but that, that joke doesn't even land anymore. She's not that theme in ages. I know. But, yeah, fantastic match. I think it was the right outcome as well. It was... Um, for WWE, it was long-term storytelling, let's be honest. It's gone from SummerSlam to now. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to eat a little bit of humble pie as well because I was saying to you, I think they're going to push Becky further into the heel thing. I don't think they're going to give Bianca the win. And uh, I, don't, I thought they were going to be too tone-deaf to fulfil the story. And I was totally fucking wrong. And this is... Just me being like, I don't know, bitter, not bitter, it's not the right word, too sceptical because the story played out as it, exactly as it should have and how anyone would naturally tell the story. And I'm there like, nah, it's not going to happen because we've been burned before, so I'm not going to trust it. But um, absolutely the right decision. And I'm so glad that they, uh, they pulled the trigger and gave her the title back. But I'm still a little bit hurt about the 21-second victory, but whatever. Indeed. Oh, it's me. Okay. Um, so the next one, Carl. 
Uh, it's going to be a polarised <laughs> one. Seth Rollins versus the mystery opponent. Now, um, no point beating around the bush. We all know who it ended up being. It ended up being Cody Rhodes. Now, there was something so fucking surreal about this match, about everything from Cody's entrance onwards, because we've been watching AEW for a long time, Carl, yeah. and a lot of it is like it felt really disjointing for people like you and me who are watching both shows to be like, but you should be on that one. <laughs> it did. It, it felt like and, some kind of weird fantasy booked like WWE 2K thing that we were watching. It just didn't feel real, did it? It didn't. It didn't. And I'm going to get the negative out of the way because overall this was a, a huge thing, great thing for WrestleMania, and a really good match. But I just want to get one little bit of negativity out of the way, and I'll do it now so we can be positive the rest of it. So many people were like, fantastic, amazing match between these two. This was like a five-star match, and I'm just like, calm down. It was yeah. a good match. But the best part about it was the shock return and a couple of different spots. The overall match itself was good. It wasn't five-star. It wasn't amazing. It was good. And I'm, I'm, that's the biggest bit of negativity I'm going to go about it because I'm not saying it was a bad match by any means, but people are massively overhyping it. If this had been anyone other than Cody, exact same match, anyone other than Cody, they wouldn't be talking about it being a five-star match. Yeah, I, I was massively surprised, to be honest, because I was feeling a bit sad for them because it was quite botchy. There was a good few times where things didn't come off right or like um yeah. like with the, the the fucking pin thing where they tried to lift up from it and things that just didn't happen yeah. there was quite a few times that happened and i was like yeah oh, i wanted this to go really well for them and then everyone was just like it's amazing and i was like yeah it, it was it was decent yeah. But, yeah and some people just i think needed to calm down from the shock yeah because everything that happened in that match was just amazing because they were so shocked cody was there and that is where let's go back into talking about the good. Like, I, I think both of us may have had our doubts at some point. Everyone was saying Cody's coming to Mania, and it seemed like a set. But then you get little bits like Sean Ross Sapp didn't confirm it, and then you get little bits like um, oh, you know, people close to Cody are saying he might not have backed out, he might not be doing it. And then the way they booked it was like some hand picked by Vince McMahon. This person has been chosen by Vince McMahon, and you go well. Why would you book Cody like someone who was chosen by Vince McMahon, who historically yeah. wasn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I think we both kind of like, you know, it'll happen, but both of us are in the back of our minds going, is it, it's not going to happen. This is, it's not going to be Cody. So when it actually ends up being Cody, it's so fucking surreal. Even though you kind of knew it was going to happen, it was still a shock in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, and, and I think um, the, the thing they absolutely nailed with it all is having him be AEW Cody Rhodes. Yeah. The same the theme, music, the same the gear, entire, everything. Yeah. Everything. You know, even yeah. the god awful fucking three D animations that we get. It was American nightmare fucking skulls yeah. everywhere. And it was probably one of the only ones and that looked half decent. The the oh, it wasn't exactly like it is in AEW, but the, the Ryzen platform entrance yeah. as well. Like everything was all AW Cody. And even to the because a lot of people were saying, Oh, we can't use the American Nightmare music, whatever it's called. Um, because that is like anti WWE that song, and it's like yeah, kind of, but you know, it's still Cody's music. It's synonymous with him. He's been using it for like six years now, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, I I think that totally hit. And again, whilst the match, I'm not saying the match was overall five stars, and you know, it was still a good match. I was more impressed with the the little sort of nods and spots that they put in there. So like, um, you know, 
little things, stupid little things like Seth sort of audibly like being the heel Seth saying like, oh, welcome back to the big leagues and stuff like that to the point that you could hear it, you know, quite clearly. I think things like that were great little ways of Seth carrying on his, his character. Um, and obviously Cody, given now, especially we've had the promo on Raw and we know his full reasons for being back. Um, even before that, you know, when he um, he busted out um, Dusty's move, uh, you'll, uh, you'll have to tell me what the name of the move is, Carl, because I, I forgot it. I'm bionic, bionic Elbow. <laughs> bionic Elbow. Um, you know, busted out the uh, the bionic elbow and uh, the crowd fucking popped massively for it, as they should. You know, things like that were amazing. You know what I mean? So, again, it's, it was by no means a bad match. It was probably one of the best matches of the night. But um, I do, the only slight negativity is I think people overegged the overall quality of the match. Yeah, agreed. It was definitely a fantastic WrestleMania moment as opposed to oh, a yeah. WrestleMania match. I think the the, the, match, the match was fine, definitely was, but yeah, I think everybody just overreacted a little bit because of the, as you said, that it was still very fresh, that, oh my God, what's Cody doing in WWE? But yeah, definitely a hell of a moment, just that like when we heard that, I was like, oh shit, you could just tell straight away from that. I, um, I, you, I don't know if you remember this, Carl, but when the lights went out and everyone had their phones and the lights... And you knew way before I did, because I said, is that meant to be Fireflies, thinking that they might have pulled a Bray Wyatt? And then you're like, no, it's Cody. And I was like, how did, how did you realise that? Well, you know that theme so fucking well. You knew what was happening. <laughs> yeah. So I was quite it impressed. Did, with it didn't even need all the oh, stuff. It's just that initial boom, boom. Wrestling has yeah. more than one. I was like, yeah, it's Cody. Holy shit. The minute, the minute you heard that first bump, you're like, it's Cody. Yeah, I was That's like, it. wow. Okay. That's it. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, fantastic WrestleMania moment, and I made up for him to be fair. I know he's taking a lot of shit from people of like, how could you leave AW with the lurch and all that? But at the end of the day, I he's got explain that really well. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, he's got you know something that he's he's coming back to do, and it's something he's always wanted to do. It sounds like they're, they're giving him that opportunity to do that, paying him really well for it, and going to book him in a way that he's he's happy with. So, well, at the end of the let's day, see. if Cody. I would be on board with everyone. I'd have my pitchfork out and everything if Cody had come back without some sort of assurance that he was going to be in the main event. Because why the fuck would you? You know. Yeah. Yeah. He's come or, back and he's got exactly what he wants out of WWE. Good yeah. on. If if he'd come back and like it was oh under the like you can do it as long as you bury AW and say like start referring to them as the minor leagues and all this kind of stuff. If he would have come back and done that, then you you know quite understandably. But at the end of the day, he's come back. He's had glowing things to say about AW. His time there. And he's very clearly expressed that he's just got unfinished business that he's doing for his family legacy at the end of the day. So, yeah, no puns yeah. intended. A class act, a class act. Class act, indeed. Um, so the next one to talk about is the SmackDown women's title. We had Charlotte Flair defending against Ronda Rousey. Um, I'm not going to say too much about this, to be fair. I think Ronda looked, this was the best Ronda looked in her second run in terms of, yeah. um, you know, in ring. She looked like she was... You know, shaking off a bit of ring rust because uh, she'd looked sloppy and she'd looked disinterested in the whole run up to this. And you know, that's that's just facts. She, she just looked somewhat out of shape. And you know, she's just had a kid and stuff as well, so maybe she didn't get full time to train for it. But when she first came back at the Rumble, we were like, ah, "This isn't as exciting as it was the first time we saw her." It didn't look like she wants to be there or that she's ready. But this was like back to her first run almost. Um, so fair play to her on that, but. The match itself was just okay. I suppose the finish was um, surprising. Bit of a screwy finish to have Charlotte be the one to go over and retain the title. Um, it just kind of felt a little bit flat to me. It wasn't a bad match by any any 
means, but it was just very much like, meh. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about the placements because, like you said, the card wasn't really built that way this time, but I feel like this w- should have been the earlier women's match, in all honesty. Like, yeah. it wasn't a bad match, but, like... Yeah. I th- it was kind of the main event of the women's I'm kind, position-wise in some I'm kind of glad it wasn't because I think that could be part to do with why I felt flat is the fans are just giving so much to the Cody-Seth match to then have this sandwich between, you know, well, Kevin yeah, Owens yeah, and Austin. It's hard to sort of go from the Cody match to Bianca and Becky. That would have had probably the wrong effect in some senses. When it's yeah. maybe the, you know, it was the cooler match. The cooler, you know, the, the match that you're going to cool down on a bit would be the, the Ronda-Charlotte one. Yeah. Especially it's something we've had before. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, for me, the match was fine, but it was just very meh. And the finish, I wasn't thrilled with, to be fair, but, yeah, let's, let's I will, see um, where they go. I do want to say, though, I feel like, for some reason, Rousey's getting, like, a, a lot of, like, speculation about the fact that she she stormed out and she hated there and stuff like that. And she's having to debunk a lot of, like, rumours that she's, like, got some sort of strop on about Mania, mm. which is, uh, I don't know where they're starting, but... Uh, I don't know if you believe there's any truth in it, Carl, but like, she's debunked a couple of times now saying, well, I, I, I've got a six-month-old at home. That's why I left early. That's why I went there for Hall of Fame, etc. But uh, a lot of like, she stormed out because she weren't the main events of the show and stuff like that. And apparently none of it's true, but she, like, it, she's magnetising that kind of heat where they're looking for like a real-life animosity there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which is it's kind of shitty, to be fair, because she's quite open with the fact that she can't handle criticism very well um, I think we all know that about her so it's like people are now jumping on that to criticise about everything so it's not very fair um, it sounds like none of it is true um, and if it isn't then yeah pretty shitty of people to be trying to jump on nothing and spread fake news but... yeah. I hate when people spread fake news indeed anyway speaking of that it's good I'm not going to spend any fake news, Carl. I know I made it sound like a wood promo. Uh, right, final match of the night, Carl. And fucking hell, so surprising in a lot of senses. Um, surprising. The show. Surprising the fact that you just said the final match of the night because we didn't think we were getting this. Yeah, well, I fucking ruined the surprise there by saying it that way, didn't I? <laughs> we had the Kevin Owens show, Carl. And then I I feel like it was the right balance because we had the show. They made it look like it was going to be a talking segment. I um, stand victorious. Carl, in the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin does wrestle in jorts. Go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> fuck you. I'm so annoyed. We, we actually had uh, like someone comment on this as well from the last episode where they were big. Yeah, Anthony was right. He does wrestle in jorts. I was, I was <laughs> devastated. Devastated. Love it. To be right. wrong. But um, we all, I know you remember him in his little trunks, right? But he definitely wrestled in jorts before. And he's he done it again, right? He hasn't wrestled in them before. So, That's what the point I so was making. He comes out. And you and me are having this little semi-debate when he came out. He come and sat down to talk to Kevin. I'm like, well, he's got the knee braces on. He's wearing his jorts. So he's ready for a match. And you're like, he doesn't wrestle in jorts. I'm like, all right, calm down. You know. <laughs> but um, I feel like, when I say about balance, I feel it was the right amount of, like, they made it seem like they're going to have a talk, but then they didn't, you know, beat around the bush for too long. It was very much like, you know, I think Kevin Owens instigated it as well. Then he's saying, like, I, I want to I fight you tonight sort of thing. And then Stone Cold did his usual Stone Cold thing, addressed the audience, should we do it? And then we kick off. And again, even during the match, you're like, yeah, it's not going to last long, though. It's going to be a few spots and then we're going to be done. And fuck it. They were all over the show. They were in the audience. They were on the tables. Like, 
Who else so, was so surprised? And going, oh, we're being really careful, you know, he's not... Like, and then you got, like, uh, Kevin Owens throwing him at the barricades and stuff, and you're like, fuck, he's taking some bumps you as fucking, well. Uh, you, you fucking super, superplexed him on the concrete and everything. Yeah. And like, it's like, yeah, you're getting, like, up to the top of the ramp, and we're getting spots like that, and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, fair play to, to Austin. Like, you could tell, like... He's not got the pace of a younger Austin, quite clearly. Uh, but my fucking god, like he was, he was definitely there for that match. You know, he was, he was taking bumps. You were getting, like, he was stomping mud holes all over Kevin Owens. It was fantastic and a great. I don't know, like, if the younger crowd took to this match, but this was the, the this is how you close Mania out because we were fucking spent. This was a main event match. Uh, it's a by all accounts a retirement match for Austin, and just fantastically executed and. It's a real testament to Kevin Owens. I think we both said this at the time that um, you know Austin wouldn't come back and fight somebody who he didn't really, really trust. Especially the spots they were doing. You mentioned the, the bit on the concrete when they were in the audience. He wouldn't let any just anyone do that because you like it's not just about Austin being able to take a bump. It's about that person being very fucking careful with it as well. And um, it's a real testament to, to KO that uh, that Austin trusted him with this as well. Absolutely, like what a what a feather to have in in the cap of Kevin Owens to be like, yeah, I was I was Austin's last WrestleMania match, brought him out of retirement after you know nineteen years. Was it 19, how many years has it been? Can't be. Is it 19? I think it was nineteen. Nineteen. Holy shit! Um, wow. Uh, yeah. As well, like because it's it's one of them where like I, last year, if you'd have said yeah, Kevin Owens is gonna main event night one of WrestleMania, we'd have probably gone, no, he's fucking done. Exactly. And that's no disrespect to Kevin Owens, but you just couldn't have seen this match coming, and I'm so glad it fucking happened. Yeah. Um it it it, it was just yeah, it was brilliant. It was um came as such a surprise the fact that as you said it went on for so long and the fact that it was an absolute brawl and yeah, massive props to Kevin and, Owens. Um, as like, has become tradition now as well, we also ended the night with uh, Baron Saxon getting kicked in the day. <laughs> I hope that happens. I hope that that doesn't get retired. I hope that happens every future it's a, it's a new wrestlemania streak that we're gonna see i'd like to think but no um yeah hell of a fun way to end night one i think we were we were we were made up with it all i think um surprisingly we looked at night one on paper and we're like oh this is going to be awful and it massively over delivered for us i think um really thoroughly enjoyed night one indeed indeed which takes us on to night two anthony and um Oof, what a what a way to kick off the 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 show for night two. Obviously, Triple H's music plays. And I, I'd I'd said this when we found out about the fact that he confirmed his retirement and stuff that it would have been nice for him to get one final WrestleMania entrance, like because obviously he loves yeah. his um his entrances Those and stuff like that. And it's a shame that they didn't get to do anything more kind of substantial with it. But at the end of the day, he got to come out at WrestleMania to do his entrance and to leave his boots in the ring. And such a sad moment that isn't a triple h is oh inc- incredibly so incredibly so but it like you say it's nice being able to have that moment where he got to leave his boots in the ring um to, to leave without ever addressing the crowd and i'm not saying this as fans like for triple h i think he needed that like a like he's a very traditionalist in a lot of senses like he's one of these people who he would have preferred to sort of uh what was the term go out on your back yeah like this isn't really like the best sort of way of retiring for for the likes of Triple H because he is like an old school wrestler, um, and to to have possibly left without ever sort of addressing the crowd, I, I don't think that ever sat well with him. So I'm glad he got to do that. I really am. Yeah, me too. Um, it it was such a nice touch, and I think 
a really nice way to to kind of open the night um, with something like that. Just kind of set set the right tone, I think. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so as far as matches go, Carl, um obviously we had the the tag match or triple threat tag match uh, for the tag for the Raw tag titles. Uh, I forget what shows are on anymore. Uh, so we had RK Bro going up against Alpha Academy, going up against Street Profits, and I will be honest with you, Carl. Decent enough match, but I was actually quite surprised at the finish. I don't know how mm. you felt about this. I was not going into this thinking RK Bro were coming out of this with the titles. No, me neither. I, I honestly thought this would be the launching pad for them to break up. Mm. Um, but it seems, it. it seems like they they really just don't want to see them break up, um, which is no. surprising. I think cause, mostly because Randy Orton's loving life, though. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. I, I don't personally have a, a great deal to say about the match, though. It was decent enough, but uh, I don't know if you have any particular memorable spots from it, but it was... No, I'm not I, saying it was bad, but it was... You know, there's nothing I could really write on about on it, you know? No, it, 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 was, a, it was a fun little opening um, match, I think. There was a lot of um, good teamwork on, on display. I think it was mainly the kind of the RKOs from the pair of them. Obviously, Riddle's springboard RKO was, was fantastic. Um, probably the... Maybe yeah, yeah. Def- definitely spot of the match, maybe even spot of the night, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that in terms of uh, the match itself. But yeah, surprising that the titles didn't change hands. I, I certainly thought they were going to go to one of the, the other teams. So I mean, I, I can't remember what I actually um, picked, but I was, uh, at my whole time, I was thinking it'd be Street Profits. I don't know if that's what I put in my predictions, but certainly during the match, I was thinking Street Profits. Uh, I thought that might be the the sort of star point back on a title run, and uh, didn't happen unfortunately for them. Like. Indeed. So again, um, kicking off the show with a a fun tag match uh, on both nights. Mm. Um, we then moved on to Bobby Lashley taking on Omos, and uh, obviously knowing what we know now in terms of where this was going to go, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. we expected it to go there, but um, no, no. For me, it was the right choice that Bobby Lashley would win this. Uh, I think he needed it, being away injured for so long. And I think Omos, you know, at the end of the day, he hasn't built up that kind of credibility where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe he beat Omos. Like, he is beatable in that sense. So I think it was the right decision to have Bobby go over. Um, yeah. So for me, yeah, I didn't mind it. It was a it was a fun little match. Yeah. Uh, for what it was, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? It's hard. It, we weren't. I don't think either of us were overly invested in it, but uh, like you say, for what it was, indeed. But I tell you what did surprise so Carl. Go on. Right, the celebrity matches surprised me all around. I, I honestly haven't spoken about this. I don't know how you feel about it, but Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville was a lot more <laughs> fun than I thought it'd be. And purely down to like, I mean, I, how how can you not enjoy uh, Wee Man getting a body slam on Sami Zayn? And it, it was, was a pretty impressive body slam as well. Yeah. yeah. It was all it was all chaotic, all, it was chaotic fun, yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was just so silly, wasn't it? There was so many like crazy things. Like I love the giant hand slap thing and stuff like that. That was in oh, the, yeah, yeah. the bowling balls or the nuts, like and the taser. Was like, it Mark Henry actually first made the joke about the giant hand as well? Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Like, I love fair play to <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Um, but no, like the like the whole thing, I never expected it to go that way. Do you know what I mean like with like crazy props and stuff like that? Like. It, I think we all expected that the Jackass crew would probably get involved and they'd be like yeah, you know, a couple of crazy bumps, but um, yeah, I didn't I didn't expect them to go through like the kind of with with all the 
fucking additional things that they ended up bringing into it. So, and something that was pointed out afterwards that I never realised, which I thought was a nice um, nod to comedians getting involved in wrestling, was that uh, Knoxville's attire was um, Andy Kaufman esque, obviously alluding to Lawler and Kaufman back in the day. Yeah, I think um, I think it was the same at Royal Rumble, to be honest. Um, but it's, I honestly never picked up on it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, a nice, nice yeah, it's a nice little nod. Um, it clearly goes to show that you know the the respect is there. I like you know sometimes they'll bring celebrities in who just don't even care about the business or anything like that, and they'll just do do it, get the get the check, and go away. Whereas it's nice to see when they you know actually do have a little bit of a vested interest, but. Fair play to Knoxville. You know, he's a crazy guy at his age and I'm just happy to just get thrown around and be involved in some crazy shit. So, yeah, really fun match that I think many people just didn't expect to happen. But, yeah, that the Wee Man slam was definitely a massive pop moment for that, wasn't it? Just uh, unexpected, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so the next one to talk about... Um, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. I wasn't the biggest fan of the match or the outcome, unfortunately, but it was the uh, four-way tag for the women's tag titles. So, obviously, we had Selena and Carmella defending against uh, Liv and Rhea, Sasha and Naomi and Natalia and uh, Shayna Baszler. And new champs were crowned. Uh, so, uh, Sasha Banks, Naomi uh, did end up winning the match. And I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of it at all, to be honest with you. I think... I don't know, Sasha's got a, like, she's never won at WrestleMania, so I think I was kind of hoping that they would give her first win as a singles match and it be made mm. into something a bit bigger than it was, as opposed to some kind of throwaway match with these two. And I know that they've probably got the best history out of all the group because they were in Team Bad for a bit, but I just don't see what this adds to Sasha Banks right now. I think she should be in the kind of title scene with the likes of um, Charlotte and stuff like that. So the fact that they've kind of relegated to the tag titles isn't... See, it, it would work all right for me if... And I, I give up doing this with the tag title, but if they they are the right people to put some respect on that title, they're both mm. legit stars, but WWE aren't going to book it that way. And like I, I convinced myself this, like oh they could put some respect on that time, and it never happens. So like if I thought for one second that they were gonna give them a decent run with the titles and they were gonna make it the titles look good and worth having, I'd be on board for it. But you're totally right. It's it's a strange one to give Sasha a first win as this tag match, and the fact that she's and it does feel like relegated, and it feels that way for a very good reason, um to the tag scene. So yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, and I think anybody who listens or watches this knows that I'm a big Liv Morgan mark, and I'm surprised that these can go with Liv and Rhea for this. Um, I'm even more mm. surprised that Liv's never won a title in the time that she's been there. Um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So, I don't know. I think now, knowing what we know... She's boyfriend, aren't you? <laughs> she just has to believe. Um, uh. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised... Um, well, sorry, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised now that we know kind of what we know, where they seem to be going through like a Liv and Rhea break up potentially so yeah I'm, yeah less, I'm less bothered but at the time I was like nah it should have been um, living rear but here's what it is but the match itself unfortunately not to write home about which is a shame mm. but speaking of stuff to write home about <laughs> Edge versus AJ Styles Cal mm-hmm. now I think we both agree this is always going to be a really good match the pair of them are uh, uh, legends in the ring um, but we'll start with uh, the entrances so, 
I believe Edge was uh, honouring Triple H with his entrance, but uh, very uh, very heavily produced, going very in keeping with his, his new dark gimmick. Uh, what did you make of his, his entrance? And ignore the fact that he cut his head as he was coming out and, you know, was bleeding already. Let's ignore that bit, because that wasn't intentional. <laughs> uh, for AJ or for Edge? Edge. Edge. Um, yeah, for, Sorry, for, the, the Dark Edge entrance. Yeah, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't really pick up on the Triple H kind of vibes as such. Um, but, yeah, now that you say it, I kind of see that, to be fair. I think I'm just kind of not massively into the new Edge character, to be fair. So I was just kind of a bit like, nah, don't like this guy. Um, so I probably wasn't really massively vested, uh, have a vested interest in it. But I definitely did pick up on the AJ um, <laughs> entrance, the fact he just like twatted his head on the... Well, yeah, I, I didn't realise what had happened, but apparently, because um, I think people were speculating it was from his pyro, but apparently he'd, um, he, he did his head on the uh, WrestleMania sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I did think he was channeling his inner Goldberg and it just you know, nutted something on the way <laughs> yeah. out. But Yeah, I like it. So Edge goes for like an Undertaker-esque kind of thing <laughs> and uh, Styles goes for a Goldberg thing. I like it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I think match-wise, I think that both of them they put on an absolute clinic um, and honestly, like the match was always going to be good quality. I'm always a little bit worried, especially with Edge's new gimmick of shenanigans. And we got them. And I'm curious how you feel about it because I wasn't bothered about it like I thought I would be. Like it, it ended in a bit of a screwy way, and we had this uh, interruption of Damien. But especially, I think no one would know now with where they're building towards some sort of evil faction of edges i'm not that upset about it like um we are you like would you prefer a more straight finish between these two or because i'm happy if they go into some i don't know if they're suggesting a rematch at this point but mm. i'm happy if they go to go around again because they are incredibly talented and they work really well together so i'm going to give you a bit of a weird answer i would have been happier with either a more straight finish or a more um kind of screwy finish to be fair because <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like, this so is two middle of the road for okay. <laughs> Yeah, so Damien comes out, and I was like, oh shit, Damien's gonna join it with Edge, that's awesome. I was on board with that, but then he just kind of just stood there, and then AJ Styles was like looking over his shoulder for about 10 minutes and then jumped up, and then Edge pinned him. And it was like, now if Damien would have cost him the match properly as opposed to just standing there, because that just made AJ look stupid. Whereas if Damien... that was like a bit of a bit of a botch in some senses though, because I got the idea of what they were doing, but do you think maybe they just took a little too long with the maybe. distraction? Yeah, yeah. possibly. Um, but I feel like either it should have ended clean, then Damien comes out and joins up with him, or if he's going to come out, then at least cost AJ the match properly, mm. as opposed to it just because just looked like AJ was stupid. He was just like, "I'm gonna, I've got the match won. I'm gonna finish it." Oh look, there's Damien Priest. That is Damien Priest. Hmm. Yes, Damien Priest. Oh, better jump up now after ten minutes. Um, so yeah, mm. I just yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of that to be fair. But I I, I was a big fan of Damien Priest being involved because immediately I was like, oh shit, where's this going? Um, which is, is is what you want to see. You don't normally see this kind of thing at a WrestleMania, do you? Where someone just kind of joins a faction out of nowhere. You know, a faction is created at WrestleMania. Mm. Also, because uh, I'm not upkeeping on this, how protected is the um, Styles Clash? The Styles Clash, I don't think, is a million percent protected. I think, like, Shinsuke and that kicked out of it. Right. Um, I'm just trying to remember people who've kicked out, because obviously uh, one of the notable points was um, the, towards the end, the Styles Clash was hit, but uh, only got into a two count. And I'm just curious, um, 
have we had that protected up to now? Because I can't. I'm trying to struggle to remember. People have kicked out of it, but I'm sure they have because they didn't make a big deal of it. But I thought I'd ask Carl. He's like he keeps the records. Yeah, um, I mean they don't keep them very well, but I think it's it's been kicked out of. I don't think it's fully protected. Um, mm. But yeah, interesting one. But uh, you know, a, a good match that I think everybody knew they were both capable of. Um, finish wasn't my ideal cup of tea, it's, but it's really time, weird, isn't it? Like we're, we're looking at like. It was an incredible match, and we're like, yeah, it was, it was what we expected, and uh, almost putting it down <laughs> in that sense. Like, we expect greatness from them, so they're not going to get much. Exactly. It's it's hard when you get to that level where you see a match and you go, well, this better be bloody good, so otherwise, you know, they've let us down. Because there's, there's that expectation, like, in some ways it's annoying, because they can disappoint and we bitch about that, but if you do exactly what you expect them to do, we're not like, that was amazing. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's just because we are terrible people. Um <laughs> So, the next match, I was actually... I forgot this was even meant to take place. Now, the reason for that is it was meant to take place on the Saturday. <laughs> so, I just assumed it had already happened, and I just forgot all about it. Um, but it was actually New Day versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus. And, um, you know, Scrappy Doo, who was on the outside there as well for a <laughs> bit. I um, I hate what they've done to Pete Dunne. It's a, it's a, it's a, Such a sad shame. thing. But um, <clears throat> what, what even was this? The match lasted a minute. It was literally weirdest squash I've ever seen in my life um, so yeah New Day gets squashed <laughs> Rich Holland and Sheamus pick up the win Wrestlemania moment um, not much else to say about it really just surprised indeed mm. so Carl 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 what did you make uh, of I, I, this ended up being a bit more fun than I suppose um was expected and it's going to lead right into yours because uh, again a lot of stuff <laughs> we didn't expect happened uh, so I'll quickly mention mine but I think we just need to talk about the overall shenanigans involved in all this so this was originally Pat McCaff and Austin Theory mm-hmm. um, with obviously a very unsuccessful Austin Theory and Pat McCaff getting the win which led to your match of Vince McMahon <laughs> um, <laughs> which is where you go an 18 old madman Back in the ring, what's yeah. going on? I, so um, first of all, what did you what did you make? I I I'm struggling to like Austin Theory, if I'm honest. So like, I, that means I he's know. doing his job pers- well. I know this is the trouble. I know he's meant to be obnoxious, but I don't know. I I I kind of struggled with this whole match because I I honestly don't care. Like I don't care who wins out of me. Thank God for Vince McMahon because I didn't care. I didn't like McCaff or Theory, so I didn't care who really won out of the two of them. And yeah. theory was just obnoxious as as he's meant to be. Like you say, he's doing his job. He's doing he's doing exactly provoking the reaction that he's going for. But um, like I didn't like the, the the initial bout between them two because it was just a lot of posture and just a bit messy, and I didn't yeah. really give a shit to be honest. No, I feel you on that to be honest. Um, like Pat McAfee is, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not his biggest fan, and I know that he's. He's a big wrestling fan, and he like you know you can see you can see that in, in the work he does as an announcer. But I'm not a huge fan of the guy. Austin Theory, I am a huge fan of. I think he is a future world title uh, holder. That guy, he's got all the tools to make it happen. So, um, big fan of him. And we'll come on to one of the highlights of the whole fucking WrestleMania in in a second yeah. that involved him as well. Um, no but yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like th- this whole thing, the match itself was very bland, and I think it was. The right outcome in the sense that Austin Theory probably should have lost it as part of um, his continued failings as Vince McMahon's protege and also mm. to set up what happened afterwards, which was, of course, 
Vince McMahon challenging Pat McAfee to a match. Yeah. I will say that without this, the Austin Theory stuff would have been absolutely abysmal. Like, <laughs> yeah. when it led to this, you go, okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, so it, it kind of surprised, took all of us by surprise because it was rumoured at the time uh, before Mania that Vince McMahon was going to have a match and we were like, oh, bullshit, like, no chance. And then when it was announced to be Austin Theory, we were like, well, clearly that was a load of crap, but that was never going to happen. And we got it anyway. So Vince McMahon yeah. ends up having a match with him, beats him with a, f- a football to the fucking stomach because, of course, he does. Um, <laughs> and it's one of them, like, is it ridiculous that Vince McMahon would beat Pat McAfee? Yes, of yes. course it is. But he had just had a match, and at the end of the day, Vince McMahon, he does what he wants. So he booked himself to win. And, of course, that then led to Stone Cold coming out and basically, you know, He's just, he's just awesome, and he comes out, um, stuns Austin Theory, one of the best stunner cells I've ever seen in my life. Literally, guy was just fucking floating for about five seconds um, <laughs> after after that stunner. I, honestly, I give credit to Pat McCaff selling of it as well. You know, yeah, I think it's as good, but yeah, it, I mean, you you can sell a stunner like a million different ways, kind of. They're all, you know, they're all good in their own in their own way. Um, one of the really underrated ones is actually Mick Foley's because he looks like he dies whenever he takes a Stone Cold Stunner. It's uh, oh, there's yeah, no like there's no like flopping around or not, and he just literally just looks like he's just being decapitated. Um, <laughs> so there's that, and obviously you've got the likes of The Rock where he'll bounce around the ring for days. Um, so they're all very different. Even the late Scott Hall, he had a good sell as well. But yeah, Austin Theory is definitely up there as one of the best. Pat McAfee, um, yeah, fair play to him. Uh, I think it was the fact that it was like. He spat all the beer out, which is very Shane McMahon. Um, but yeah, poor Vince. What were the worst stunner sell ever? It might have even been worse than Linda McMahon's and Donald Trump's sell of the stunner. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if you've seen it. WWE had um, put like a little gif on Twitter like a day or two later, and they somehow managed to work some editing magic to make that look half fucking decent. Because they kind of just put definitely like, the the right angle makes it look a lot better. I've seen angles where he just did not even get his head. Oh no! Like like, like it's like clever Hollywood style cuts to make oh, right, that so work. Oh right! Like, you just change the camera. No, angle so you no. Didn't it's like it, you kind of see the kick, and then it kind of moves away to like when he's obviously bounced back off the ropes into the thing, and then you kind of see him like go. It, it looked great. Obviously, what we saw live. That was not um, no. awful, awful self. But you know what makes it even more funny is like after it happens, Austin just gets up and starts pissing his pants, laughing because he knows how shit it was. But he's just there to have a good time. And that's what WrestleMania is all about. Fair play to Vince, you know, seventy-four, however old he is, getting in the ring, putting on a match, and getting the world's yeah. worst stunning. Um, Psycho, loved it. Fair play to the man. Yeah, and it's it's nice that Austin was there both nights as well. It wasn't just like a one and done kind of thing. So nice that he could actually have a match which shocked everyone, but then come out and raise hell on night two as well. Honestly, if Vince McMahon's going to be in the building, involved in a match in some way, you got to have Austin there, don't you? Well, exactly. The classic, the classic feud between the two of them. You know? Indeed. It was so bittersweet though, because like it really, really does feel like the end now. Like, you know, it's it's so yeah. nice and nostalgic seeing like Vince and Austin and stuff, but. And, you know, even Triple H, it's like, it's so, like, I, I do feel old. It really is the end. No, you can't help but feel a little sad when you see our generation of wrestling, like, like you say, starting to retire or already retired. Or Vince McMahon, it, it, he actually looks like an old man now and stuff. Like, mm. uh, yeah, it does make you feel a little sad. But I love the fact that the, the like, the, all of them could have gone, you know what, I'm comfortable. 
like I don't need to do any of this. But they've wanted to to sort of give us that nostalgic pop, so I really do appreciate that out of them. Indeed. So yeah, fun fun was had by all. Indeed. Speaking of fun, uh, main event of the night, Carl. I mentioned a lot of this earlier, but I'll I'll go through it again now. This match was for me, and for those who don't know what the main event was, it was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in a unification match, Carl, to unify all the belts, every belt. Um, we had what I pretty much expected out of the match for the most. Um, you mentioned it before, we had the typical spots, the spear through the barricade, we all knew was going to come at some point. Uh, we had uh, suplexes and F5s galore. We had exactly what we uh, what we wanted out of the two of them. And I personally, I think it delivered. I know some people wanted more, but I'm, I think I said this before, like the speculation over Roman's injury, and it might have got caught a little bit short, but I'm like, you can always ask for more. Mm. At what point do we do we stop the match? Do you know what I mean? I think the decision was right. It should have always been Roman to win this. And I think it was as long as it needed to be. Mm. These guys aren't like, and it's no disrespect when I say this to them, they aren't technical wrestlers. This isn't going to be a technical showcase. Brock has learned his lesson over shooting star presses. We're just <laughs> going to get the stuff that we know that they do. And um, I know he's known for suplex city, but there's only so many suplexes and F5s and spears and that you can throw out there until it's like, yeah, we've done about 50 now, you know? Mm. So, uh, um, for me, I don't think the I don't think there's a problem at all with the length of the match or the finish of the match. I think it was just exactly what it needed to be for for these two guys. To be honest with you, I don't know how you feel about it. It's not like I'm not shitting on the match. Like it, there wasn't anything surprising in it, and that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um I'm definitely not in the camp of people who are like, oh, I wanted so much more from this match or anything like that. It would have been nice to get something a little bit extra because it was very much. Suplex, 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 Superman punch, Superman. It was the usual shit that we see from these two, as you said, which is that's what they do. So, all right, fair dues. But, you know, it would have been nice to see, I don't know, Brock try and do a Superman punch just because he's like a funny guy now, isn't he? You know, or, you know, try and have a bit of fun with it or, you know, even see Roman try and do like some, you know, an F5 or steal some shit. Like, you could have done something a little bit extra, but mm. it wasn't, wasn't make or break for me. For me, I think it certainly felt like a big fight feel this felt like when you you kind of you've been promoting like a fucking ufc fight for like months and you're finally getting to see the two behemoths square off um to actually you know have the the decider essentially or like you know even even boxing it felt massive it felt like these were the two top guys and they are coming out to settle their scores um so thoroughly thoroughly thought it was did you like the um the little nods as well. I, I know you're a sucker for these sort of things, but um, like Lesnar taking his gloves off and stuff like that, because it's a fight. It's not a oh yeah a match sort of thing. Did you like those little nods? Yeah, definitely. And you know, I, I like the fact he didn't have any silly gimmick entrances and stuff for them. It was literally they all came down. They both felt, looked and felt and were presented like mega stars, and then it was just let let's fucking let's settle this. And you know, it, ultimately it was the right outcome, wasn't it? I think. Um, you know, to the point you made before, yeah. well, if Roman wins, it's like, well, who the fuck can beat Roman? If Brock wins, it's like, well, who the fuck could beat Brock? It makes sense to finally give the win to Roman. Roman has exactly. beaten him, has he? They are, so. And honestly, like, as much as I've talked shit about Roman in the past, and rightly so, because he was shit at one point, I'm not one of these people who's gone, I've always liked Roman, I don't remember <laughs> so much. No, I didn't like Roman, you shit. Suffering, suck a tash, Anthony. But, 
for the work the guy's put in over the years and the work he's done to actually get himself over, he so deserves this WrestleMania moment anyway. Yeah. Last time, and I say that because he has obviously he's won at WrestleMania before, but no one fucking wanted it. So yeah. like, it kind of this one, this is a notable thing. The crowd were behind Roman here. Yeah. It comes back to I'm I'm keen to get your thoughts on this now. I remember when we did that um, the the tier maker thing for um, WWE and AEW, and we basically were having that debate over S tier caliber stars. And I was like, I, I think I would put Roman there. And at the time, you were kind kind of like, I'm not sure he's there yet. Do you think after this match he's there? I think I'll go. I'll even be. I'll be even more honest, Carl. I think it's not that he how do I put it I think he was there anyway I think this match has made me realise he's there right so and I want to be careful I'll phrase that because I'm not saying this match this is what's put him in S tier I think I was wrong at the time and this mm. has made me see why okay that's, that's, a, that. that's an honest and interesting take there I think but, um, but yeah like for me like I, I was like oh, he, he probably is S tier now but like seeing this, like the way it was presented and the way, you know, he, he felt like a megastar. He did, it did feel S tier versus yeah. S tier. This and, you and know, it's but, not a, it's not a bad thing at all for WWE to have the problem of like, our two biggest guys have faced off and who could they possibly face next? Mm. Like that's not a bad, not a bad problem to have. You know no. what I mean? Because mm. like that's the mountain, isn't it? Ro, you've put Roman at the very fucking top of the the pinnacle, <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Anyone who takes on Roman is going to have to be like the guy who tries to topple Roman. Do you know what I mean? That, mm. That's what it becomes now, isn't it? Who can, who can take out Roman? And that is the question. And that is a question that they should have a lot of fun trying to answer now. Yeah, definitely. It's not a bad thing. And it's you know it's it's probably a topic not for now, but for a future um, episode. But like, there's only a handful of guys who legitimately you could actually think could topple Roman at this point now. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So. I agree. Yeah, definitely and it's like makes it. Either build up someone from scratch, which will take a while, or you look at what we've currently got and go, like you say, of these handful of people, who can do it? Yeah. Who can take out the guy? Which no WWE means it's Brom Breaker next week. Goldberg. Um, <laughs> inexplicably Goldberg <laughs> at Crown Jewel. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but um, yeah, hell of, a, hell of a WrestleMania. Obviously, night two delivered as well. Um what what would you say if you had to pick a night? Would you say night one over night two still? I mean, personally for me, because we had the shock of Cody and that just nostalgic pop of uh, getting to see Austin in a match again, it's night one for me all day. Night yeah. two wasn't bad, but night one is is sort of my favourite. Yeah, I think um, I think I'd have to agree with you. Like night one just felt a lot more balanced. But do you know what's funny about the whole thing? We could probably and. I don't know, actually, this could be a really shit, shitty take, so I'm keen to get your thoughts, but it feels like between both nights, there was matches in there that if you were to just trim it down and have, like, an, I don't know, 10 matches WrestleMania or something, it would have been a phenomenal card. But then the other part of me thinks, well, then again, 10 matches is a lot, and, you know, like, we were able to get Austin across both nights, we were able to get the Vince McMahon thing and stuff, like... Yeah, I think if any Mania was going to sell me on two nights, it'd probably be this one, because mm. I feel like, like you say, neither night felt awful. Yeah. And, like like you say, one night would have been overly stacked, and you and me would have been fucking exhausted. 
because we already stay up to like half five in the morning. Yeah. So I'm not uh, like I might as well just go to work straight after me yeah, if they keep up. Um, so for me, this has probably been the most fleshed out in terms of that. Where you go, okay, I get why it's over two nights because there's some tr- fact you could trim from either from either of those nights, yeah. But overall, they were two really good nights of wrestling. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, um, I think as well if you had a perfect card, there's no there's no come down moment is there and it's like not to chat shit about the likes of Charlotte and Ronda but that's very much a match where you just you, you spent because you've spent all that time fucking going oh this is awesome this is awesome like all them people who fucking loved Rollins versus Cody for example like they probably just needed a minute you know you've got <laughs> so, a hope you've got a hope that that's exactly why they put the card everyone knew Charlotte and Ronda was a like it was a rematch and you know People were looking forward to seeing it, but it wasn't going to be the biggest thing. And you've got to hope that they saw that themselves, you know? Mm. So it definitely was a come down. It doesn't make it a bad match, but it was a come down match, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, but no, all in all, I think we were both very pleasantly surprised by WrestleMania this year, yeah. um, especially after the Rumble. <laughs> at the beginning, well, after, just after the Rumble and the build to WrestleMania, we were just bitching and about it being all rematches and it's going to be awful. And the card was looking shit and out of the bag. They just pulled it right out of the bag. Like a really good mania. Just can't. I was gonna say can't fault it. I could have really tried, but I don't want to fault it. It was a really good, really good two nights. Yeah, fair play to WWE. You know, we give them shit a lot of the time, but yeah, all in all, I think they they fully delivered on WrestleMania and um, even Probably. the Raw after Mania for the most part. So yeah. it's whether they can keep it up, whether they care, whether they're happy to just go back to what it was now until SummerSlam. Um, well, now they've got a shot of adrenaline in the soul. <laughs> uh, we have just signed Cody Rhodes. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, obviously, thanks for listening to us. You know, ramble on for an hour about WrestleMania. Um, you know, probably a long time mm-hmm. uh, when you probably could have just watched. You know, some of WrestleMania in this moment, but still, you still you know, one third of Raw. Could have watched one third of Raw. Could have. Could have. Um, but yeah let us know do you agree with what we said do you disagree um, any different takes uh, let us know in the comments but another fun filled week Anthony I powered through I've got man flu could you tell I didn't announce it on this one I said on this I said on this week in wrestling but, you mentioned you know. that more than Cody Rhodes mentions who his dad is <laughs> you're a terrible person um, yeah. but not wrong uh, so yeah another fun filled week um, obviously Check out This Week in Wrestling. We've retooled that um, kind of segment. So let us know what you think um, of the new format. And obviously the news this week, not loads going on, but a couple of interesting snippets there to talk about as well. But thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week um, for more fun-filled shenanigans. But until then, Anthony, if people want to meet some WWE, AEW, Legends of the talent of the talent, legends of the talent, if you will. Legends of the talent, <laughs> um, talents from uh, the wrestling world uh, in the UK. In the next couple of weeks, where might they go to do that? Hmm. They're gonna go to Liverpool. They are, and they're gonna. They never sleeps. Hardly they ever sleeps? Oh, maybe. We even have a song. Um, I don't know. We're capital of culture at one point. Now we're capital of wrestling. So make sure you yeah, check yeah. out For the Love of Wrestling this April. And here's Jay from the awesome guys over at Monopoly Events to tell you more about the show. Until next week, 
We are A to the K, and bye. Bye. For Love of Wrestling, Europe's largest wrestling convention, returns to the Exhibition Centre in Liverpool on the 23rd and 24th of April. Guests this year include Diva of the Decade, Trish Stratus, The Wrestling God, JBL, The Dudley Boys, Tori Wilson, and just announced MJF from AEW. We will also be doing a Wyatt family reunion as we welcome Eric Rowan, the man formerly known as Braun Strowman, and indeed the fiend Bray Wyatt. Also just announced is the man, the legend, the icon, Sting, and of course, your Olympic gold medalist, Kurt Angle. This and many, many, many more guests, as well as prop builds, Q&As with all of the wrestlers, and some of the biggest wrestling collections in the world on display from our exhibitors. Get your tickets at forloverwrestling.co.uk or search Facebook or Twitter for For the Love of Wrestling. For the Love of Wrestling, Europe's biggest wrestling convention, returns to Liverpool the 23rd and the 24th of April. Hey everybody, this is Thunder Rosa and you're watching or listening A to the K. 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 A to the K.